just 11 days from the first round of the 2023 NFL draft and here on the three tech pod we are bringing to you our third mock draft of draft season we're so excited to jump into it along with Trey Reeves I'm Mitch Mason of course you're listening to the three tech pod a college football podcast at the intersection of the X's nose and the Jimmy's and the Joe's today Trey we're putting on our NFL GM hats we've uh, produced a couple of other mock drafts, some draft nugget episodes for the podcast uh, as well that have gone up on the Transfer Portal website, our uh, business partner for all things content related. Today, though, we are updating our mock. We're, we're jumping into a third one, and you and I are going to run through a full two-round mock draft. We split up the teams. It's an exciting day for the podcast. I think this should be a really fun episode to listen to. Yeah, I am... So, so excited for this episode. I know when we were kicking around, just, you know, when are we going to have time to put out a new mock draft? And then we just had the idea to, you know, let's do it live. Let's figure it out as we go. Let's have a little head-to-head matchup style. We're each splitting up. uh, We're splitting the league right down the middle. Not everybody has a first or second round pick, so we're splitting up as evenly as we can. You'll hear Mm -hmm. Mitch and I kind of uh, go back and forth a little bit, but also there's going to be some runs where we're both – picking for three or four picks in a row here as we just yeah. uh, divide up the teams rather than the actual picks. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun to follow along. We're going to have the draft board up. Hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, technology works out on that too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really excited to try this out and see how this works from a content perspective. Yeah, that's right. On YouTube, youtube.com slash 3techpod, we should have a, a draft simulator running along with this. So if you would like to watch along as we make the picks, head on over to YouTube if you're on YouTube. Appreciate you being here. YouTube channel continues to grow at a rapid rate. We just passed 200 subscribers. Thank you guys so much for all the support. We'd love to keep pushing. Um, we just have so much more content planned in our collaboration, as I mentioned, with the Transfer Portal CFB. We have a lot of programs uh, and, and projects coming out. We're both writing for the magazine right now that comes out um, a little bit later this summer. Uh, you know, collaborations left and right. So we're excited to be here. You guys are also excited to be here, and we really appreciate that. Also, just to get the housekeeping finished up, shout out to our sponsor, University Traditions, of course. Some of the best hats that anybody has uh, has ever had the pleasure of wearing. You're wearing the College Station collection right now. They've sent us the Knoxville collection, the Auburn collection. We're giving away, uh, we just gave away one of the black and orange rope hats from the Knoxville collection. We're giving away uh, a, uh, I guess it's a crimson Norman Oklahoma Sooners hat right now over on our social channels at uh, 3TechPod on Instagram and Twitter if you'd like to enter into that giveaway. Uh, but we really love the team over there. We love wearing their hats, and so we partnered up with them. Uh, 3Tech 15 gets you 15% off your entire order over at University Traditions. 
a hat that you can wear to the ball game. You can also wear to a casual gathering. They know that you want clothing that's very versatile, that can be worn anywhere, that just looks classy, um, that doesn't have you know big, loud, audacious logos on it. So they've they've found the perfect match there. We love working with them. Again, 3Tech15 gets you 15% off your entire order. Big shout out to University Traditions for their continued sponsorship of all things 3Tech Pod. All right, Trey, I think it's that time. I think it's time to to put the Carolina Panthers on the clock. Like you mentioned, we're, we've divided up the team, so there are going to be times that it's back and forth. There are also going to be times where there's, you know, one of us will kind of go on a run on the clock. Like I'll be on the clock four through uh, six here in just a minute, but you have the Carolina Panthers. You're on the clock first. Carolina, of course, traded up with the Chicago Bears to be on the clock. A lot of folks think they're taking their franchise quarterback. You're in the driver's seat now. Who are you taking at number one? Yeah, and before we jump into that, the only thing I forgot to mention is we are doing two rounds, a little different from our first couple mock drafts. So you'll get to see all the way down to uh, pick 64, I believe, will be our 63 with the Chiefs. 63 officially, yep. Yeah, so... Um, I'm not going to overcomplicate the Carolina Panthers yet. You're absolutely right. They did trade up to take their franchise quarterback. The odds on betting favorite, if you look at the markets right now, is Bryce Young. And that's who we're going to take with the first overall pick. I know it's, you know, back and forth. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, both have their ups, both have their downs. Bryce Young is just a gamer, man. I know the height is the big concern. I know the comparisons to taking Kyler Murray number one overall are kind of going to be out there, but I I just don't see a path where the Panthers at this moment take someone other than Bryce Young with that number one overall pick. It's fascinating. And I will disagree right off the bat. I know I'm about to be on the clock with the Houston Texans. There is a ton of smoke coming out from Bryce Young. I still am in the camp that there's a reason why CJ Stroud was thrown out as the immediate like, oh, this is who they're trading up for. If you look at what Frank Reich likes with his quarterbacks and that coaching staff as a whole, I'm still believing they like that six foot three plus quarterback, a pocket presence guy. Bryce Young to me is my best quarterback on the board. He's been my best quarterback since day one. So I, I love the pick from a value standpoint. I think unless you're going to take, um, you know, a guy like Will Anderson or B. John Robinson at one, which would never happen, you're getting the best potential out of this draft selection I I, maybe I'm gonna get caught left behind Uh, I still think the Carolina Panthers take uh, CJ Stroud from Ohio State at number one but I love that there's a debate again because when everybody did pivot to CJ Stroud I was going what about Bryce Young Why, why are we forgetting the best playmaker potentially in this draft um any concern at all about his size I mean, there's always going to be concern about the size, but my biggest thing is Bryce Young has played at this size in the highest level of college football for, what, three years now? And he's yeah. won at the highest level in college football. I I don't think. Obviously, the NFL is a different animal than even the SEC. Bryce Young, even with the size, is still about as sure of a thing that you can get at this number one pick. Quarterback picking is such a crapshoot most of the time as well. The fact that we have yeah. two guys that I think are pretty – you know, interchangeable at number one, have their own flaws, but interchangeable and you're pretty confident that they're going to be a solid starter for you for a few years. That's about as good as you're going to get. Okay, so Carolina Panthers go Bryce Young. Now that puts the Houston Texans on the clock. That's my selection. 
Now, depending on where you look, there are kind of uh, opposite reports going through here that D'Amico Ryan's new head coach at Houston is both looking for his franchise quarterback at number two overall and that he's willing to wait on that pick as well. You figure the Houston Texans, no matter who they take at number two, figure to be kind of in that draft lottery for one of the top quarterbacks next year. Probably Caleb Williams is going to be the top name that everybody's waiting for. And so you're seeing guys saying that Houston's going to go ahead and address that need right now. You're also seeing folks say that, you know, Houston may take the two best players available at number two and then again at number 12, whether that be on the offense or the defense, and wait on quarterback. You took Bryce Young, which I believe is the guy that they'd be okay with, but I think Houston wants C.J. Stroud. I think that when they look at the quarterback they want to build around, Sure, is Caleb Williams maybe the better quarterback prospect over C.J. Stroud? Sure, but comparing two different quarterbacks in two different draft classes is really dangerous. Plus, you don't know what's going to happen with Caleb Williams this year. Maybe he just had a fantastic uh, Heisman campaign last year. Maybe there's some regression this year. You never know. I think going ahead and getting that quarterback to start a new head coaching tenure is what's kind of the tried and true method. You don't have to reach here. You don't have to hope your guy falls. C.J. Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State, is going to be the pick. Um, you know, I know that Will Anderson is on the board and that he would be fantastic in battle red for Houston, but the the promise of getting a high-level quarterback, I think, is something you can't ignore here. I think you're absolutely right, and I think the fans down in Houston would probably have a mutiny if C.J. Stroud is on the board and he's not taken by the Texans, and they don't trade down either. I think if you're not going to take a quarterback at number two overall, you have to at least trade down with one of those quarterback needy teams sure. later on in this top 10. Speaking of trade downs, we'll get there in just a second. I but know. yeah, I, I mean, I think that th- these guys are going to go one and two. You can debate the order. And Mitch, if your preferred order is CJ Stroud followed by Bryce Young, you can get some pretty solid odds on that in the betting market right now. Um, That's what I've seen. Yeah. I mean, CJ Stroud is plus 350 right now to go number one overall, and Bryce Young is all the way down at plus 400 to go number two overall. I think they're going to be one and two. I think it will be Bryce Young followed by Stroud, but you know, if you think it's the other way around, you can definitely get some good value right there. (laughs) Can make a a few shekels if it goes the other way. Absolutely. All right, well, we've got quarterbacks off the board, one and two. The Arizona Cardinals are on the board. Their top needs, edge, interior, offensive line, and cornerback. There is a guy also from Tuscaloosa who is going in over 90% of mock drafts. Does he go here at number three to your Cardinals? He does not, but not because, you know, if they stand in there at number three, then yes, it will be Will Anderson. But I think the Cardinals just as an organization are in such a dumpster fire scenario right now that they absolutely need to take advantage of the quarterback needy teams and uh, get someone, anybody like the Raiders, the Patriots, anybody that's looking at getting one of these quarterbacks, they have to be thinking we have to get out of number three. In my opinion, Will Anderson would be awesome. I think the fan base would be really happy with that pick, but from a team building standpoint, I think they need to trade down. I think they need to get as many picks as possible. And I'm sure they've been working out the scenarios. In my scenario that we're going to map out today, they're going to trade down to number seven, one of my other teams, and trade down with the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, um, you know, 
assigned or, or sorry, signed Jimmy Garoppolo as kind of a stopgap quarterback after losing Derek Carr. I don't think anyone thinks that's a long-term solution. So Raiders are going to trade up and try to get their guy. We're going to run this through the simulator just really quickly. And, uh, you know, they're going to trade down to number seven for Arizona. Arizona's going to hope like heck that Will Anderson somehow falls to them at seven. I don't think that that happens. I don't think that in that scenario um, we see that pick get to happen. But you never know. And I think that they're going to be looking at probably taking a best player available and picking up some uh, picks as well. So we're going to trade down to number seven. And with the Raiders now on the clock, um, we are going to take a uh, franchise quarterback that probably has a little bit of controversy behind him. We're not going to take one of us. We're going to take Anthony Richardson. And here's why I'm taking Anthony Richardson number three overall. I think the Raiders are in a really nice spot that a lot of NFL franchises wish they were in, where they can kind of let Anthony Richardson sit for a little bit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. They have a solid situation. I'm not going to say it's a good situation with Garoppolo running the show, but you know, as long as he stays healthy, they can win some games. They can get Anthony Richardson eased into this. And I think that's what Richardson will need. And also it's the Raiders, right? We know that they, as historically as a franchise, they love to make a pick like Anthony Richardson, a lot of flash, a lot of pizzazz and hope that they can turn him into something. So that's who I'm going with. We're trading down. Arizona's trading down four spots to number seven. Vegas trades up, gets their quarterback, and gets the heir apparent to Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. That throws a wrench into all of this. Um, for that, the trade details, so I don't know if you have picks kind of lined up. Las Vegas is 38, 70, and 100 inside the top 100. Um, what do you think it takes for Arizona to, or I'm sorry, for Las Vegas to move up to three, four spots? Yes. So we're running it through the simulator right now. I've got uh, seven and I've got next year's first and next year's second. And we're going to run that through the trade here. It looks like that that says it's overbalanced. So we'll go... We'll go. We'll, we'll go just this year's first. We'll go with the 107 and next year's first. I think that should get it done at least for these simulation purposes. Okay. And uh, we'll kind of roll from there. Okay. So number seven plus a 2024 first rounder to move up four spots. I'm wondering if that's going to be enough. Um, they. I, I wonder if they would have to throw in 70 or. I would say they'd have to throw in 70. Like if you come to me, Definitely. if I'm, if, if I'm Arizona, I'm, I'm kind of demanding 70 there. Um, if you're going to come up because you're jumping a team in Indianapolis, who's also, I'm sure going to be on the phone trying to see, okay, Hey, are you, are you moving out here? Because Indianapolis now has had the rug pulled out from under them, right? They want a guy like Anthony Richardson there at number four. I don't know if they want Will Levis or not. I mean, certainly this is like the ultimate uncomfy position for me as now on the clock with Indianapolis because I hate Will Levis as a top five <laughs> pick. I just, I'm not in on him. Uh, he hasn't done it successfully in college. I don't have any reason to believe he's going to be this generational prospect now at the pro level, especially because 
intangibles like accuracy, they just don't get better as you go up in competition, right? I mean, you see that thrown around on Twitter all the time. Oh, he's got the arm. He's got the frame. Now you just need to teach him accuracy. It doesn't, it doesn't get any easier. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to teach a guy when he's got all pro generational edge rushers flying at him in under three seconds. And then, oh, by the way, you've got, you know, another all pro cornerback locking down your favorite receiver out wide. Like, that's not a recipe for increased accuracy and, and betting on that. So if I'm Indianapolis, now I'd like to trade out. The problem is I don't see an easy fit. I don't I don't see a um a place that Indianapolis can naturally trade down to find this quarterback. Um I, you know, I, I'm looking at, you know, is there any way that the commanders would want to come up? But that's a lot of you know, draft capital that, that Washington would have to give up to move from 16 to four. The Detroit Lions have a pick at, at six, so they're not trying to move up very far at all. I, this is a tough, tough spot for Indianapolis. So I'm going to say because you've pulled the rug out from under the Colts here, they're working the phones, they're trying to move down. I don't think anybody's going to be willing to move down. So this is going to make me sick, but I think Indianapolis is going to take Will Levis here, given the board, given the situation. And I think you have four quarterbacks go in the first four picks. So Will Levis now may have to be the reach for Indianapolis, right? They need a franchise quarterback, something terrible. They wanted Anthony Richardson. He's not on the board anymore. If Will, if you move down and Will Levis goes, you are truly up a creek without a paddle. So they're going to take Will Levis. It, it may end up being one of the all-time reaches in the first round, but I think that's what the Colts front office would do. And for this mock draft, I'm not going what I would would do here, right? I'm trying to get inside the minds, the, the reality that these front offices are facing, as are you. I think they're kind of backed into a corner here. Is there any other quarterback that they could possibly take other than Will Levis? I, so I would say you absolutely could wait until 35, and I think you could get Hendon Hooker. That's exactly what I was thinking. Or Tanner McKee. The problem is you've started to see Hendon Hooker talked about at the end of the first round with teams like the Bucks or a team just in front of them, like if Houston hadn't gone with a quarterback at two, I think that the Texans might be willing to take a quarterback um, there at the end of the, or I'm sorry, at the beginning of the second round. But there's just so many variables that you're having to weigh here. And, and maybe the Colts take a guy like, uh, like um, Will Anderson. Maybe they take best player available here at four. But the quarterback has been what's missed for the, from that franchise for the last several years. And to me, I don't think that Jim Ursay is going to be willing to take that gamble to wait any longer. He was dead set on getting a quarterback at four. I think you're going to have a little bit of FOMO creep in. And, and Will Levis, look, you're seeing him talked about in the top 10. So in their mind, I don't think this is going to be a big reach. Um, it's just not the guy that they ultimately want, but we'll give them Will Levis at four. Yeah, and I think this is going to end up, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback and it's going to be a situation where one team is going to be left holding the Will Levis back and hoping that 
hoping beyond hope that it works out because they have to take a quarterback. They feel backed into that corner. And yeah, that's just how it's going to work out. And Indianapolis in this scenario is the unlucky in our mind team to take that. Maybe you're Will Levis, Stan, and you are all about that. And you think that that's going to be a great pick that works out for Indianapolis. But I think those people are decreasing in number by the day as we get closer to this draft. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, All right, so I've got three teams in a row that I'm picking for. Seattle is now on the clock at number five overall. And you've got an interesting debate now because Seattle needs defensive line help on, on both sides. You need it in the interior. You need it off the edge as well. To me, the interior is the area of their biggest weakness. Their run defense was atrocious last season. Jalen Carter, before his legal trouble, was considered to go number one overall to Chicago. This was before the Bears traded out. I think Jalen Carter is is still extremely high, maybe the best player available on many draft boards. It is on Dane Brugler's, um, who we use a lot of his resources off the athletic. So I'm going to say at number five, the Seattle Seahawks uh, end up taking Jalen Carter, defensive lineman from Georgia here. I think that's an immediate boost. It makes their defense just so much better. Interesting to see that Will Anderson has fallen out of the top 10 here, or out of the top five, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. And now, now you get a very interesting debate because my final pick here in this run, you've got the Detroit Lions on the clock at number six, mocked to have a cornerback here. And, and in my previous mocks, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon, goes at number six. But you've got Will Anderson there. And to me, Dan Campbell is is you know a former tight end, but he loves his defense. He's a get in the in the dirt, get your hands dirty, and get after the quarterback kind of guy. We've seen what he's done with Aiden Hutchinson. With Will Anderson on the board, I'm gonna say they take best p- player available. So Will Anderson, edge rusher out of Alabama now, is the pick at number six. Uh, I know that just breaks Arizona hearts who were hoping that he might fall, but now you do have potentially the best cornerback available on the board as well. And that's also a need for the Cardinals. Yeah. And like I said, when we were talking about this trade down from, for Arizona, they are in complete rebuild mode. I know they have their franchise quarterback. I know they have Kyler Murray um, locked up for a while, but man, it just feels like they are hitting reset as a franchise right now. And they're about to trade away DeAndre Hopkins. They're about to trade away Buda Baker, it looks like. Yeah. Um, he's been requesting a trade. So they need help everywhere. Yeah, we'd love to have Will Anderson fall to seven. But honestly, yeah, it's it's a best player available at this point. Christian Gonzalez looks like an awesome pick. That's a need. I'm also thinking Tyree Wilson wouldn't be a bad sure. pickup for the Cardinals here as they look to replace pass rush left behind by some uh, losses there as well. But I think I'm really between Christian Gonzalez and the offensive line. And I think that the bigger need overall, Christian Gonzalez, I think is the best player available. The bigger need for the Cardinals is on the offensive line. So, you know, I think it's, it's a two player race between Gonzalez and Skronsky. We're going to roll with Gonzalez just as the best player available combination of need for the Cardinals and best player available as they look to rebuild that defense. Mitch, you mentioned Caleb Williams earlier. I think the Cardinals are going to be the team that Caleb Williams is on in 2024 because I think somehow, some way, Kyler is just... The Kyler experiment, I think, is coming to an end. 
in Arizona. Yeah. As Cliff Kingsbury's gone, they're going to be looking to build for the future and build around that quarterback. So look for Arizona to take maybe the best player available here and then probably go heavy on the offensive and defensive line uh, throughout the rest of the draft. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that pick. Uh, number five overall player on Dane Brugler's draft big board. Uh, he is my cornerback number one as well. Long, rangy, amazing hips. He's so athletic and uh, had four interceptions for Oregon last year. Of course, started at Colorado, followed his position coach up to Eugene when Dan Lanning hired him um, last season. And Gonzalez was, in, in my mind, the best corner. I think Joey Porter Jr. has a has a legit argument for that. Devin Witherspoon is a very good corner out of Illinois as well. But total package, a guy that I think has the highest NFL ceiling is Christian Gonzalez. Good pick for Arizona. I think that addresses a huge need and, and still it allows you to add real talent, real long-term potential while also probably being able to tank for Caleb Williams next year. So I, I like yeah. that pick. Puts the Atlanta Falcons now on the clock at number eight. And I tell you what, Atlanta is running this card up to the podium. They thought maybe Arizona would take the big edge rusher out of Texas Tech. You obviously go with a cornerback, so Atlanta sprints this to the podium. Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech, six foot five behemoth, a motor like unlike any other. Uh, I think in this draft class, from the edge rushing perspective, he's got more power than Will Anderson, and I think he's going to end up being the better run defender over Will Anderson long term. Here, uh, Anderson's got the better pass moves. There's no doubt about it, and, and probably. Probably a higher ceiling, although I think it's a much closer gap than many would would say. But Tyree Wilson is going to Atlanta, who just needs anybody to rush the passer. Um, it has been a it's it's been a, a kind of a void of talent since Dan Quinn left. That defense has stunk, and uh, they get a, a piece that I think is going to be there and, and be really solid for them for the next five years in Tyree Wilson. I think that's a fantastic pick. I think there's even an argument to say that Tyree Wilson could be the better NFL player, not just run stopper yeah. than Will Anderson. I think oh, I've made that argument. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is a bargain pick for Atlanta. I think you're absolutely right. If he's on the board, they are sprinting to the podium uh, to pick up Tyree Wilson. And yeah, I think that's a fantastic pick for them. I've seen some people mention that Bijan could go number seven to Atlanta. I I don't think that that would be a good move for their franchise. It'd be an exciting pick. I think it'd be fun for just, you know, draft night drama, but yeah. not a not a very good team building pick for them. Yeah, there's so many other needs. Look, if there's a team, the teams in the top 10 especially don't take the running back. You can right. you can get that production from the third round on. Let's actually build with some elite cornerstones at at more valuable positions. Um I agree there. Chicago Bears, now on the clock at number nine. They traded down from number one with the Carolina Panthers. They traded out of that once they basically admitted they weren't going to take that quarterback and didn't really know what Jalen Carter, uh, his legal status, was was going to turn out to be. Offensive line, specifically at the tackle position, defensive line and cornerback are their top needs. Where are the Bears going after getting DJ Moore from the Panthers and a yep. host of draft resources? Yeah, and you know, if DJ Moore was not picked up by the Bears, I think you go Jackson Smith and Jigba here and get uh, Justin Fields a real awesome weapon to throw to, his former teammate at Ohio State. But uh, with the Bears situation, I think priority number one has to be protecting uh, Justin Fields. So 
We're going to go with another Ohio State guy. We're going to go with Paris Johnson Jr. um, out of Ohio State. And I think that, you know, they are going to be just locked in. Devin Witherspoon would be an awesome pick for them as well here, but I think that they're really focused on protecting Justin Fields. They've made a commitment to him, and they've made a decision to, you know, go after, not go after these other quarterbacks. They made a decision to trade out of number one. So Justin Fields is their guy. Let's go get the number one tackle, according to Dane Brugler, in this draft in Paris Johnson Jr. and protect him. I think it's a great pick. Johnson Jr. is a massive human being, uh, just a mountain of a man. He's listed as the 12th best player, according to The Athletic. Um, Johnson allowed a sack on just 0.2% of his pass block snaps as a starter at Ohio State. (laughs) Two, Two times out of 910 snaps, he allowed a sack, which is uh, a, a just mind-boggling total. Absolutely um, insane. He's huge. He's he's big. He's physical. He's going to manhandle edge rushers. He can protect in the running game as well, though clearly his strength is pass blocking. The Bears need a franchise left tackle, and I think Paris Johnson Jr. is, is a great pick here. If they value that versatility, I think Peter Skaronsky could be the pick, and that's where you're seeing a lot of mock drafts go. But... Franchise left tackle for sure is either 1A or 1B, depending on how much you value that position flex. So either way, whichever offensive lineman they take from the Midwest there, I think it's going to be a great pick. Um, Johnson Jr. is my uh, top-graded tackle. Skaronsky, I've graded him as a guard because I think that's where he ultimately slides into. Um, I think the Bears are very, very happy with that pick at number nine. And that's exactly why I took Johnson over Skaronsky, just because, you know, yeah, Skaronsky can be flexible. I think you could play him at tackle in a pinch, but his long-term NFL future where he's probably going to be a pro bowler is at guard. And that's just not, not as big of a need for the Bears at this point. Yeah. So the Eagles now on the clock at number 10. They need interior line help. They need defensive interior, wide receiver safety. It feels really early for most of those picks but as a as a Cowboys fan we're based here in Dallas I think we're absolutely disgusted that Peter Skaronsky falls to the Eagles here their interior of that offensive line is aging and as they continue to look to build around um, Jalen Hurts I think you'd love another weapon out wide but to me 10 is a little early here I think Philly would be forcing a trade down and who knows, they might find a partner who wants to come up to number 10. Although the way the board is falling right now with four quarterbacks taken in the top four, to me that that's a signal that teams are going to be a little bit more hesitant to trade up. They're they're wanting to see, okay, more of our options are falling down the board. So to me, Philly's just forced to take a luxury pick here at number 10, uh, which originally was the new Orleans saints pick. And they're going to take Ben uh, Peter Skaronsky, excuse me, from Northwestern. Again, like I mentioned, a guy who can play tackle, can play guard. He's kind of the ultimate utility man on the offensive line. And I think the NFC East weeps at this pick because the Eagles just continue to build towards a championship, right? They keep winning the division. They keep giving them opportunities to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and, and, and I think they're going to find that second Super Bowl here in the next you know, two to three years, honestly, their team is that good. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And the, yeah, the draft capital that they have from a fellow NFC East fan is just 
absolutely disgusting. They can make that number 10 pick an absolute luxury pick at almost any position. If they wanted sure. to go get Bijan, if they wanted to go get, I wouldn't go get Bijan at number 10, but if they wanted to, they could absolutely they could. make that luxury pick and still yep. be totally fine from a team building standpoint. So it's terrifying and fascinating at the same time from our perspective uh, to see what Philly's going to do with that pick. As we go to Tennessee, I'm really torn as, uh, you know, I'm just really interested. I think this pick is going to tell a lot about what direction the Titans want to go. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is long for Tennessee. I think that that experiment is coming to an end. I think he probably has one, maybe two years left at most. They're not going to take a quarterback here, obviously. But, you know, do they go get a weapon for him in a Jackson Smith and Jigba? to try to really extend this window and open it back up in an AFC South that's, you know, pretty wide open from a, a division championship standpoint? Or do they go get an offensive lineman to be the anchor for whoever's next and just kind of start to build towards that next guy? I think that the Titans want to compete. And that's what's going to drive this next pick to kind of... I, I had an offensive lineman penciled in here originally, but as they're kind of dropping off the board, we'd have to dip down a little bit to Broderick Jones. I don't know that that's the best value here at 11. So I'm going to have the Tennessee Titans taking the first offensive skill position of this draft and taking Jackson Smith and Jigba to kind of supplement their receiving core that all of a sudden is struggling a bit and looks like a little bit of a kind of stinks. Spot for them. Yeah. It, it, just watch what they did last year. Um, on the field, it's not good. Traylon Burks, he could definitely break out this year, and I think he will have a much better season this year in his second year. But aside from that, it's a whole lot of no-name guys in that receiving yeah. court. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that right now the Eagles buying uh, runaway margin won that trade last year. Traylon Burks had a rough, rough rookie season. The Titans had a rough season last year. It's a, it's a team that was built to win now, but that that team is aging, right? And so, I, to me, it feels like you gotta go make something happen in the next year or two. Otherwise, everybody's gonna fall off a cliff. Who knows what you have with Malik Willis? Is he actually the franchise quarterback? Last year didn't look like it. Last year he struggled mightily. So I like the pick. Um, you know, interior offensive line, Broderick Jones, I think would be a great pick there as well. Uh, so now that falls to the Houston Texans. And I've got the Texans and then the Jets at 13. For me, uh, the Texans are going to be focusing with Jackson Smith and Jigba off the board. I think that's probably the pick at 12 if he's there. Now I think you're looking in the trenches defensive line there's not a guy that I would take here unless you're maybe going to take an edge rusher like Nolan Smith or Lucas Van Ness and both of those guys are certainly in consideration but because the Titans did not take him I'm going to take Broderick Jones offensive lineman out of Georgia here can play tackle did play tackle at Georgia can also slide into guard and I think he could be really nasty inside as a guard 
Um, Texans got a new quarterback. I know they would love to get that new quarterback in CJ Stroud, some, some weapon help. They just traded away Brandon cooks, but I think you can find weapons later on in the draft, maybe in their second round pick. I think let's go ahead and take a top 15 offensive lineman here in Broderick Jones. Uh, with the, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I think that's a great pick. I think that's a huge need for the Texans and, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see as those two NFC AFC South teams kind of debate back and forth which philosophy to go with who wins out in that matchup. Yeah, so Jones is the third ranked offensive tackle on my board and is a top 15 pick. Now, you've got the Jets on the board. They need offensive line help specifically at tackle. They need defensive backs. They need linebackers. For me, it's too early to take a linebacker. I think if you went to go take an offensive lineman now, you'd be reaching because Darnell Wright is probably the next best tackle, but you could get him in the mid-20s. So I think either the Jets are looking to trade back here or they may just go ahead and, and take the best defensive back available, which for me is Joey Porter Jr. Now, I know a lot of folks have Brian Branch potentially going here. The more that he's been evaluated post uh, post combine, post pro day, you're seeing a lot of teams move him out to corner. And so if you're going to move him away from that safety spot where the Jets really have a little bit of a void, I wonder if there is some jigsaw puzzle pieces that can go. You take you took a mod uh, Gardner, Sauce Gardner last year. Let's add another really, really solid cornerback in Joey Porter Jr. here at number 13. I love the pick. I was interested where you were going to go at defensive back there. I figured that's where you're probably going. And now that kind of puts division rival New England on the clock in an interesting position. New England really needs some help with a good cover corner. I think they could go edge here as well. Same kind of problem with taking a tackle. You don't want to reach down too far. Mm -hmm. And we also know Bill Belichick could just pick some random no name with this pick, but Very true. Uh, for our mock draft purposes, I'm going to take the best of playable player. I still have him on my board. It just so happens to be another cornerback and it's going to be Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. Um, sure. A guy that's kind of a late bloomer was a zero star recruit coming out of high school, but just really blossomed into an awesome, uh, awesome player out of uh, Illinois. Just look at the production. He's, he's had a great uh, career there at Illinois. Uh, 52 tackles his junior year. Um, not a huge ball hawk. He did have three interceptions this year as a senior, and I think that really helped ease a lot of concerns. But yeah, I think Witherspoon would be great for that system in New England and be a really great pick here. He's very physical. Um, I think he's going to get in trouble a little bit as a rookie because he plays yeah. so physical at the line and a lot of hand fighting down the field, which I'm sure he's going to going to get called for from time to time. But uh, love the player for a long time was battling for that cornerback one slot on my board. I think the Patriots are really happy there. Green Bay is going to pull the most ironic move in their history, and they are going to take a wide receiver as soon as Aaron Rodgers is out the door. Now, (laughs) in the past, I've mocked the Jets giving up 13 to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. The problem with that is it seems like first-round picks are out of the discussion. Maybe a future one. But because the Jets don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year, if this is just a one-off try and win now, that's what's halted the proceedings. At least as of recording this on the afternoon of of April 16th, there's not a deal. Now you have 
Packer players going on Barstool and saying, oh yeah, he's a Jet. Don't, you know, that that deal is coming, but we don't know what the terms of that will be. So I'm more likely to say that's going to be a second rounder this year and maybe some sort of future capital, but not 13. But I do, uh, and I'm realizing I'm stealing your pick here. I, I, I think I was going to let you roll with it, but well, you know. I, I'm realizing you're blue, I'm red. I think the Packers are going to take a wide receiver, but uh, my apologies. Turn it back over to you. That's okay. Um, you know, I, I think a wide receiver would be a really good pick here, and yeah, it would be extremely ironic. They also have a huge need at tight end, though. And yes, they do. I, I, I'm going back and forth on if 15 is too early to take a tight end. You, you go down the board, I think Quentin Johnson is probably the best available receiver. Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, one of those two, whoever yeah. your favorite is. Both of those guys have some red flags for production to me. So I'm actually going to slide down the board here and take a tight end. I'm going to take the first tight end off the board in Notre Dame's Michael Mayer. And I think this might seem to reach just a little bit. It might be a little too far of a reach, but this is a huge, huge need for the Packers. And it has been for a really long time as they look to get Jordan Love acclimated. I think Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are, can turn into a pretty solid one-two for Green Bay, but Michael Mayer could solve a lot of problems in the underneath game and give Jordan Love a lot of other options. Well, I just apologize for stepping on your toes. I was going to I was going to go with Jordan Addison, so we do give the Packers a, a pass catcher there. Um, and boy, I you know if you're Aaron Rodgers, like how can you not throw something? against the wall, right? Like <laughs> zero support, zero support. Uh, when you were quarterback one, that was all you needed. That was all you asked for was just someone who could reliably catch passes after Randall Cobb kind of exited his prime after Jordy Nelson left and in the front office refused to do it. Um, so I, I do think that's funny. I also think you've just made a lot of enemies out in the West coast. The chargers wanted Michael Mayer. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, apologies to the Chargers fans it's- there. It's going to be fascinating to see where these first round tight ends go. I think we could get as many as three tight ends taken in the first round. And it's going to be fascinating sure. to see just who starts that. It could be a run on them once one team uh, gets that going. Yeah. Well, so Washington is on the uh, on the clock now. Quarterback, interior offensive line, and linebacker are all options. Quarterback, it's way too early, I think, to take Hinden Hooker, who's still rehabbing from an ACL tear. You know, in a dream world, Will Levis falls to 16 and they get to take him. In this mock, though, the Colts panicked and took him at four. Uh, Interior offensive line, like I mentioned, probably the best guy on the board is Darnell Wright. You could take him here, but he's a tackle. I don't see him as a guard, so I don't know that he's going to be the selection here. And it's a little too early to take a linebacker, in, in, in my opinion. I think Drew Sanders would be the top linebacker in consideration. Trent Simpson out of Clemson as well. Um, for me though, I think I'm going to go best player available. And for me, that's edge rusher, Nolan Smith. Uh, Smith is a very fast edge defender, uh, from Georgia. Washington's strength has been on the defensive line, but because they're kind of sandwiched here between needs, between picks, I don't think that they're going to end up reaching. I think they'll just look at their board and go, okay, you know what? We're going to let this fall to us right now. We'll see where we can go. Later on in the second round, they've got a pick at 47, and I'm curious to see who can be the pick there. Uh, so we'll take edge rusher Nolan Smith out of Georgia, also coming back off an injury, but expected to fully recover 
and uh, and be a very, very good player. On Dane Brugler's board, he's the 11th best player in the entire draft. The commanders get him at 16. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're looking at best player available, it might be Bijan Robinson, but... Um, That's true. You know, I I think that's a great pick. I think that uh, the Commanders are another team that just need help at so many places. So getting them another edge rusher to continue to build that pass rush. I know they've been trying to build that for, it seems like, five years now. They've been yep. trying to really invest there, and it just hasn't worked out as well as they've hoped. So throw another body in there and see if that gets it to work. Well, and, you know, they had injuries at the edge rushers last year. Chase Young was hurt, missed most of the season. So I think adding to that that weapon is is a good move. You've got the Pittsburgh Steelers now. They're on the clock at 17, needing tackle, linebacker, and defensive back. I do have the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know Darnell Wright is still sitting there on the board. I think that you know Pittsburgh O line all of a sudden just became atrocious over the last couple of years, and I think they've really failed to invest in that in the way that they should have. We're going to fix that problem right here. Go ahead and take Darnell right off the board and finally get some protection for Kenny Pickett. They've got to find out if Kenny Pickett is their guy or if they're going to be entering the Caleb Williams sweepstakes this yep. year, and they need to find that out quickly. So let's get whoever ends up being that quarterback uh, some protection. Darnell Wright off to Pittsburgh. The Detroit Lions are now on the clock. They took Edge Will Anderson at number six. They have another pick here at number 18. Wide receiver, tight end, defensive interior are their needs. You took Michael Mayer two picks earlier. I don't know if they just love Quentin Johnston at TCU or Jordan Addison, the slot receiver from USC. So I'm also going to take a tight end here, and this may really upset the draft board because Dalton Kincaid finds his way Wow. into the top 20. He's kind of a tweener, right? He's not really big enough to be your traditional uh, tight end. He's not small enough to be your traditional slot wide receiver, but the dude catches passes. And I think another weapon where he can be moved around along with TJ Hawkinson, who's uh, tight end one now in Detroit, I think it's a powerful combo for uh, Detroit's offense. You've got Jamison Williams out wide, they could very easily go with a wide receiver here, but for me, I've actually got Kincaid graded higher than Addison and Quentin Johnston. I think they're, like you mentioned, bugaboos with both of those guys that slide them down the board. Kincaid's a very versatile prospect, and I think the Lions would love to have him. That's a great pick, and you know, since trading away Hawkinson, I think that that's a huge need for the Lions, probably more so than wide receiver at this point, because they're going to get a yeah. big boost with... Uh, Names escaping me, but the guy out of Bama, Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams, yeah. Basically just didn't get to play last year. So him coming back is going to be essentially another draft pick for them. And yeah, I think tight end is the way to go there. Tampa Bay all of a sudden has a ton of needs here, and they're kind of getting wiped out at offensive line. They're kind of getting wiped out. Not not as much at defensive line. They don't need as much of a true edge rusher as they do uh, need interior help with an aging core there. Brian Breesey is a possibility here. I think uh, that might be reaching just a little bit, but I think that unless they get sucked into the just run on tight ends right here, they they really need some help at tight end. But I think the better pick would be Breesey. So we're going to take Brian Breesey out of Clemson right here. Okay. Yeah, a guy who has a lot of potential, has flashed a lot of talent at Clemson. He's obviously missed a bunch of time, um, you know, lost his sister to a battle with cancer last year. He's also had a, a number of injuries. There's a chance he falls outside the top 20, but there's also a chance that 
Tampa, who, you know, it's kind of Vita Vea and a bunch of bodies exactly. uh, defending, yeah. defending the run. They need somebody to pair with Vita. Um, and I think uh, Breesy could be a great part um, to, to add there as well. And I'm glad you caught me with the Detroit Lions. I, I said to pair with TJ Hawkinson. I was thinking of the Vikings who traded for TJ yeah. Hawkinson. So, yeah, the Lions need a tight end one. Kincaid's the pick there. Uh, I've got two now with the Seahawks and the Chargers. We'll start to speed this up a little bit. Seahawks, uh, with their first pick, took Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Uh, interior offensive line is not really available right now. I mean, they, I guess they could take a, a, a guard. Uh, your first guard is probably Osiris Torrance, who's this would feel like a little bit of a reach. I think you're starting to see him slide back to the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. So we're going to say that the Seahawks end up taking possibly the the next wide receiver there to help out whoever is going to be their quarterback. If it's Geno Smith, you know, wherever they end up going maybe next year, I'm going to say they take wide receiver Jordan Addison from USC. It'll be interesting to see how Addison does playing in the weather up in Seattle, but uh, I think he's a good, uh, a very safe, a solid pick for them. They go with the speed, the playmaking ability over uh, of Addison over Quentin Johnston here. I think that's a great pick. Jordan Addison is my wide receiver too on my personal board. And I think playing out of the slot is not going to be a problem for him. I think that's going to translate just fine. Uh, see, or I'm sorry, the chargers are now on the board. You've uh, just upset the whole apple cart. Cause they were going to go Michael Mayer. We know Kellen Moore, former offensive coordinator from uh, the Cowboys is there. He loves himself some tight ends. He doesn't get it though. And Justin Herbert needs another weapon to try and take this over the top. Um, I'm going to say they're really upset with Mayer not being there, and so they're going to chase a unicorn, and we're going to go Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia. I think a lot of people are going to see this as a reach. You saw mock drafts right after the combine, throwing Darnell up into the top 15 even, and now that, that hype has started to settle down. You've started to see him fall back out of the first round. I still think that you can teach him how to play the traditional tight end position and the size, the physicality, the strength, all things that uh, are valued in a traditional tight end. I, I think this actually makes a lot of sense for the Chargers. I think if they're in this situation, we're on Bijan watch right here because Austin Eckler yeah. is not long for LA. The trade. They wanted a trade. They've not found a trade. They basically said he's going to be back this year. But he, he's not going to get any long-term deal done there. So Bijan being the heir apparent to Austin Eckler, I think would really excite Chargers fans. So I, I think we'll be on Bijan watch with that pick there if the board falls this sure. way. But Washington could certainly be a wild card as well. Now we're going to start, ah, man, I, I go back and forth on both Baltimore and Minnesota probably really need a wide receiver right here. Yeah. Minnesota, if they saw the board, if they saw Addison come off the board to Seattle right there, I'm sure would be just sprinting to the phone to try to trade up with LA to get in front of Baltimore. But in our scenario, Baltimore and Minnesota stay pat, and Baltimore is going to take Quentin Johnston. I think that okay. is just an absolute need. It's see, I don't we have no idea what Lamar, what's gonna happen with Lamar. If we get news about him before then we might see Baltimore moving up in the draft. Baltimore is just on such a weird trajectory right now with the way they've decided yeah. to handle the Lamar Jackson situation. So 
for our intents and purposes, it seems like the Odell signing was a good sign for Lamar wanting to stay there. So we'll give Lamar mm-hmm. yet another weapon in Quentin Johnston. And now Minnesota is in a really uh, – they're in a bit of a pickle here because it's tough. <laughs> they do not want to go into this year, I think, with you know Justin Jefferson and a bunch of Jags at the wide receiver position. And, you know, they, they really is not another wide, first round wide receiver on the board. No. They really need to sit tight and just kind of wait for those to fall to them in the second round. So you look at the best available players, you could get, you know, a Miles Murphy out of Clemson or a Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa at the edge sure. position. They really need some D line help too. So uh, we're going to go with Kalijah Cansey out of Pitt um, at the D line position. I think that would give them a good help. Also some linebackers on the board that they could take there, but we'll go D-line. I like that pick a lot. Cansey's a guy who's undersized, uh, but is very explosive, offers a lot more in run support than you would think, and he he has a strange habit of bursting through the middle to get to the quarterback. So he's a guy that I think can do it all, even though he's he's not that tall and, and, and weighs, I think, like 285 pounds. Like He's not a big guy, but yeah. um, could, could be a really, really fun pick for Minnesota, their defensive tackle number three, according to Dane Brugler. Where do the Jags go now? Kind of cleaned out an interior offensive line. Kind of, I mean, the the edge, there's edge rushers there, kind of cleaned out at cornerback. What do the Jags do? I think they've got to go edge. I think the best available player left on the board, I I think the top two, I should say, left on the board are those two edge rushers. Uh, Miles Murphy and Lucas Van Ness out of uh, Clemson and Iowa, respectively. We're going to go with Van Ness just as the best value. He's ranked number three on Dane Brugler, uh, sorry Dane Brugler's uh, positional rankings at the edge position. So we're going to go Van mm-hmm. Ness. A lot of production at Iowa. Start on that defense, and I think he could be just a great pickup for Jacksonville here. Yeah, the Giants uh, are next up on the clock at 25. They need wide receiver, linebacker, safety. Um, kind of like what you were saying, they're they're cleaned out a little bit at wide receiver, although I think Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College, probably the second best slot guy, is certainly in consideration here. Uh, Drew Sanders, for me, linebacker out of Arkansas, is in consideration, as is Brian Branch, uh, safety out of Alabama. We have not had a true safety taken yet. I'm going to say, though, that they really prioritize squeezing every bit of production out of the offense as they possibly can. Zay Flowers won't be on the board uh, for much longer. So let's go uh, Zay Flowers here, wide receiver, Boston College to end, um, or I'm sorry, at number 25. I think that's a great pick. I think that, 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 yeah, that fits a great need. The Giants got a lot of wins last year with just a, just embarrassment at wide receiver. So, Let's shore that up with Zay Flowers. And now if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, the moment you've all been waiting for, yeah, it, it, this this is Bijan Robinson, right? Like Let's he's go. not going to fall past there. I think that's might have some in the fan base, you know, kicking rocks just because of how much they committed to Zeke for so long as a first round running back. But this is not the third overall pick. This is 26 in a draft that you're out of probably first round graded players at this point. Sure. And Bijan fills a need. Bijan fills a legitimate need on your roster. Go get him. You can find D line and linebacker in the later rounds, like you have in the past few drafts. 
Love the pick. Love the pick. I think it's a win now move. And, uh, you know, folks forget Zeke was super productive uh, his first two years. He was the leading rusher in his rookie season in the NFL. If the Cowboys get that from Bijan, they're going to be an NFC title contender. And I think that's where this roster is. I think it's a great pick. You've also got the Buffalo Bills on the board who don't have a ton of needs. Seems like defensive back is probably priority number numero uno. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think we're going to go with a cover corner in Deontay Banks here that uh, is really, really talented. And I think that... Maryland. Yeah, and if you look at the ones that... uh, The games that Buffalo lost last year, they got in a lot of shootouts. They got in a lot of situations where they're giving up a ton of pass yards. Let's fix that with a talented cover man out of the Big Ten. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals on the clock at 28 tight end is listed as their top need. So we're going to give them Luke Musgrave out of Oregon state. A lot of people have him graded as the number three tight end behind Mayer and Dalton Kincaid. He goes number four in this mock, but I think Joe Burrow will be really happy to have uh, one of the best tight ends in this class. Just another pass catcher in a versatile offense. Yep. We're going to roll right through this here a little bit. Uh, Saints are on the clock, interior line, defensive line, and cornerback are the needs there. But Miles Murphy is sitting here, and yep. I don't think he needs to fall further than he already has. I think it's kind of a travesty that he's fallen this far already. So we're going to roll with Miles Murphy. I think that's a great pickup to help a struggling Saints defense. Well, and they can replace, um, and I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm forgetting the uh, edge rusher they took out of UTSA a couple of years ago. Uh, they traded up for him. He's gone in free agency, so Miles Murphy is an edge rusher. I think it makes a, a lot of sense here. Uh, if you're the Eagles, you're back on the, the clock at 30 here, and uh, safety is a top need. You've got your top two safeties that both potentially could go in the first round in Brian Branch and Antonio Johnson. Uh, Brian Branch will be the pick here. He can be a corner in case uh, the Eagles lose either of their veterans in uh, Darius Slay or... Um, Oh gosh, I'm blanking on the guy they just re-signed. Um, anyway, they have two two veteran corners on one-year extensions. I think Brian Branch makes a lot of sense here. Can play safety, can play corner. Another great pick for the Eagles, uh, who are just unstoppable, unstoppable, I feel like, in the NFC. With the Chiefs, I think they want to keep building up. Uh, they're going to have to cycle through skill position, guys. I don't think that they're going to be able to invest in the wide receiver position consistently with the contract that they've given uh, Patrick Mahomes. So we're going to have them take one more wide receiver in this draft, or this first round, excuse me. Jalen Hyatt is going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs as the last pick of the first round to kind of supplement that receiving core a little bit more. I like that pick. If they can, if he can run more routes than a go in a, in a comeback route, uh, whew, he's going to be dangerous. But if he just runs a go, Patrick Mahomes is going to catch up to him. <laughs> so, I, I mean, even that could be a great, uh, great addition to that offense. So I'm realizing this is actually your back on the clock here. Um, I labeled yep, Pittsburgh as me. So yeah, uh, you took Darnell Wright with the first pick. You've got yep. linebacker, defensive back as needs still. We went through an entire first round without picking a linebacker, I believe, and that's going to change right now. Drew Saunders, uh, Sanders, excuse me, out of uh, Arkansas is, I think, probably pretty close to the consensus linebacker one in the draft community ton of production his entire career at Arkansas, and he's going to take those talents to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's, he's definitely more of a three-down linebacker than I think people give him credit for. He's got some Absolutely. pass rush, but he can also step into the interior and fill that A-gap. I think it's a great pick for Pittsburgh at 
at 32, which is the first pick of the second round. Miami forfeited their pick um, from the Brian Flores debacle. So only 31 picks in the first round. So with pick two in the second round, officially pick 33, Houston Texans are back on the clock. They have taken C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. They've taken offensive guard Broderick Jones out of Georgia to address two of their top needs. Now, you took uh, Jalen Hyatt, who I think very easily could have been the pick here. Zay Flowers is off the board. Quentin Johnson is off the board. Do they want to go with a Josh Downs out of North Carolina? I, I, I don't know if that's exactly what they want to do. We've taken Van Ness. We've taken uh, Miles Murphy. Kind of looking for best player available here. Um, goodness, they could go corner. They could go guard. I, let's go ahead and give them Josh Downs. I think I think investing in another wide receiver is smart. Josh Downs absolutely can play that Brandon Cooks role. Um, and he's explosive. He was fun to watch at North Carolina. And we are doing cartwheels in Phoenix, Arizona, because that means we get Osiris Torrance, sure. a guy a lot of uh, people are, have penciled in somewhere in the first round. We're getting him here at 34 and just continuing to build uh, build around whoever is going to be quarterback. Probably not Kyler Murray much longer, but um, just continuing to build for the future without Kyler Murray. Once again, the Colts are incredibly frustrated. They wanted Torrance <laughs> here at 35. Uh, their needs, they've got the quarterback, um, you know, wide receiver, they're kind of cleaned out, tight end, they're kind of cleaned out. Offensive line, I mean, goodness, it's it's tough to really feel great about what you could get here, but we're going to give them Steve Avila, or Avila, uh, guard out of TCU, the second-ranked guard on many boards. Um, I've seen him go in the first round. That's a little yeah. early for me, but... I think if Torrance goes off the board, fine, whatever. Uh, they'll take the next best guard in Steve Avila. I think that's a great pick there. Uh, the Colts have got to start rebuilding that O-line to get that offense going. The Rams have so many holes because they have just foregone the draft for so many years and just mortgaged their future. But I really think their top needs are listed as running back, offensive line, defensive line, and defensive back. We've got a lot of options here. But we don't have another pick until the third round. Mm-hmm. And I think that the offense, this might be, you know, a terrible team building pick. It might go down as a terrible pick, but that Sean McVay offense, doesn't it just seem like it runs better when it has an elite running back toting sure. the ball? We're going Jameer Gibbs. He's oh. going to be the second running back off the board. And it might seem like a crazy pick for a team that just did not look competitive last year, but they need that. They can't rely on Cam Akers. They can't rely on any of the other guys they have. So unless they find someone in free agency or they have a plan for that, I think they're going to use either a second or third round pick on a running back. Man, I tell you what, Cam Akers cannot catch a freaking break. Um, he, it seems like he's been kind of destined to be a new running back one, and then just things happen, and he moves down the depth chart. And at the end of last season, he wasn't even playing for the majority of the season last year. Kind of comes back, has a great finish to the season, goes into the, the offseason as running back one, and now you just drafted his replacement. I mean, as yep. a Cam Akers fantasy owner in our Dynasty League, I'm just kicking the wall right now. Um, the Seahawks need interior offensive line. Cody Mock, everyone's favorite ginger out of North Dakota State, will be the pick here. 
This is uh, probably in the range that he's going to go, the third best offensive guard on the board and in that late 30s, early 40s pick. So I think this fits. And, and again, uh, the trenches continue to be a focus for Seattle. Yeah, that's a fantastic pick. Uh, Seattle, again, another team that just hasn't really had a lot of luck in the draft um, for the last decade, it seems like, on the offensive line. And whoever they end up starting at quarterback over the next couple of years needs that help. Vegas got their franchise quarterback with pick three trading up. You know, we probably see this could be a pick that's involved in that trade. Uh, if sure. you know Arizona wants to play hardball, but we had them keeping it. So we're going to go kind of best available player here. I think that that's either uh, that's, that could be one of three guys. It could be Will McDonald out of Iowa state, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma and uh, Maisie Smith out of Michigan. We're going to go O-line. We're going to go Anton Harrison as an offensive tackle option to uh, just cut, keep building up that offensive line. Yeah, don't don't let folks tell you that Harrison is the lesser of the two tackles. At Oklahoma, he's absolutely not. He's he's. I think he's the only viable NFL tackle, to be honest. Yeah. I, was not, I was not very impressed um, with uh, what I saw on, on film, at least, from his teammate. And you... I don't even know that um, he's listed in the top 100 here on most draft boards, which to me is smart. Uh, you've got three more picks to make. You got the Panthers, the Saints, and the Titans. Where are they going? Yeah, we're going to roll through these quick. Uh, you know, Carolina just, who knows what they want to do here. They, they, they probably need a running back. They probably need a wide receiver. Edge is a big need for them as well. I, you know, you've seen a lot of teams restart that rebuild process by drafting the quarterback and the wide receiver together. I'm thinking Joe Burrow and um, uh, sorry, wide receiver two for Cincinnati. Uh, Are you talking Tyler Boyd? No, uh, out of Clemson. Oh, oh, Clemson is escaping me for some reason. Live radio, my bad. But <laughs> um, I, I think, uh, you know, th- there's so many needs for Carolina. I think they're going to go defense here. We're going to go Will McDonald, the fourth out of Iowa state as an edge prospect for them, New Orleans, we took a, uh, we took a edge prospect for them last time in miles Murphy. They got a heck of a steal out of that. Um, we're going to go with cam Smith out of Carolina to be an awesome cover corner for them. I loved what I saw on tape for that, uh, for him playing for the Gamecocks T Higgins. Thank you. That's the guy that I was uh, thinking of. And for Tennessee, we gave them Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round kind of neglected the offensive line. There's really not a great pick here, but Dewan Jones out of Ohio state, I think would be a really solid prospect for them to keep building up. While I put that into our spreadsheet and stall for just a moment, uh, we've got the New York jets on the clock now 42, 43, and then the Falcons, Um, the jets, need offensive line help so what we've done for them is we we drafted who we draft here at 13 we drafted joey porter jr uh cornerback out of penn state they have not made another pick so we've got two here um let's go best linebacker on the board which trenton simpson is still on the board is he not yeah. he's a yeah, new york yes. congratulations uh trenton simpson will be the first pick here and I'm thinking, gosh, we could go tackle. Uh, they do need wide receiver help as well. You've taken Anton Harrison and Dewan Jones. I think it's a little early 
for Matthew Bergeron out of um, out of Syracuse. So we're going to give them Tyler Scott, wide receiver uh, from Cincinnati, as their wow. next pick here. Speedster, I think, is very very underrated. Um, could be could be kind of a a, a poor man's um, Jalen Hyatt, I think. Big play potential, and uh, I really like what he can bring to the table. For the Atlanta Falcons, we took an edge rusher. They need a wide receiver too. Um, or, I mean, they they did they did seem like they kind of committed uh, to their current quarterback situation. Didn't they bring in T- Taylor Heineke as well? Am they I did. making that up? Yeah, they brought yeah. in Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Devin so Ritter has been named the starter, allegedly. Yep, allegedly. Um so I think let's do this then. Let's give them a guy that I think could be, well, could go a little earlier than that. Let's give them another cornerback here. Uh, you've taken Deontay Banks. I think this guy slid a little bit too far. Let's give them Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback uh, out of Mississippi State. I think that's a great pick there. Um, as I move into my back-to-back, we have the Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots. I avoided taking a wide receiver in round one. I didn't really like who was on the board there. We've got Cedric Tillman and uh, Rashi Rice out of SMU available at wide receiver. I'm not crazy about those picks here either, but you know we're starting to you know see a situation where they could just be drafting for need. Um, I'm going to take Mazzy Smith out of Michigan as a defensive line prospect for Green Bay. I think they really need to bolster that interior defense as they face you know all the running backs that they do in the NFC North. And now my favorite pick of the draft. I was hoping it would fall this way. Uh, Mac Jones, it's been nice knowing you. Oh, no. You can have one more year uh, possibly being the bridge quarterback, but Hendon Hooker is a New England Patriot, and the renaissance of Bill Belichick begins with Hendon Hooker, who could go down as maybe the steal of this draft. Sure. If, uh, he performs the way that he did while he was at Tennessee and Virginia Tech. Sure. I, I think that's I think that's incredibly fair. I think Washington was probably going to snag him at 47 if yep. you if you let him fall uh that far. You know, listen, Washington doesn't really have an answer at quarterback. Um Hendon Hooker's the last quarterback inside the top one hundred on a lot of boards. So now I think you're looking back at offensive line. Um this could be See here, Cody Mock's already gone. So we're going to give them Matthew Bergeron. Uh, tackle. Actually, you know what? No, we've got uh, we've got linebackers aboard, uh, as a need. So, yeah, th- gosh, this is an ultimate Washington pick. We're giving him linebacker Jack Campbell out of uh, out of Iowa. Best linebacker in the country. Um, what is it the Buckus Award that he just won? Uh, a very, very solid defender. And I think that's a that's a typical Washington pick, right? They always kind of have a Captain America on their defense. We've gone <laughs> defense a couple of times for them this year, and Jack Campbell's the pick there. Uh, Detroit Lions need defensive line help. You took Mozzie Smith, who was probably the guy that I was going to go with. So let's give them uh, Gervin Dexter Sr. out of Florida. I think that makes a lot of sense for them. Another very strong defender who's going to shore up that um, that run defense. Uh, he's out of Florida, had a great career for the Gators. And then uh, I, again, gave myself Pittsburgh. So you're back on the clock here. <laughs> so Pittsburgh, you know, we've helped the offensive line, I believe. Uh, yeah, we took Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. 
We got them a linebacker last time. So with our second uh, second round pick, we're going to go with the defensive backfield. And guy that slid a little bit on our draft here who could go in the first round, I think, is Antonio Johnson. And I think that would be a great fit for the Steelers defense right here. So we're going to take the number two safety on most people's boards in Antonio Johnson. Uh, I think Tampa Bay would be really upset with that pick because they could definitely use a safety as well. But there's another guy. And at this point, you know, you're not really drafting for need if you have a guy on your board that's just jumping off the board. I think Keely Ringo out of Georgia is, you know, if he's still sitting here this far down at uh, pick 50, we're at now, I think that it's going to be hard for a team like Tampa Bay to pass him up. Yep. And that leaves us with the Miami Dolphins getting their first pick of this draft. Huge need at tight, at tight end, huge need at offensive line, um, interior offensive line specifically. Not really a great tight end prospect that you'd really want to take right here. Maybe Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Maybe one of the more project guys like uh, Luke Schoonmaker, Tyler Kraft. But um, offensive line, just pulling up who we've got here. We've got Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse at the offensive mm-hmm. tackle position. If we want to go interior, we could do John Michael Schmitz, the center from uh, Minnesota, or Joe Tippman out of Wisconsin. Yep. yep. I I think Bergeron is the best pick possible here for Miami if we're going offensive line. They need to do a better job projecting too if they want him to last. And, you know, getting a stalwart at offensive tackle could help with that. All right. So I, uh, I'm i on the board again with Seattle. Seattle has taken Jalen Carter. They've also taken Jordan Addison. I believe they haven't picked any. Uh, yeah, no, haven't picked anybody else. So we are once again going to turn to the defensive line. And a guy that I can't believe has fallen this far uh, but edge rusher B.J. Ojolari out pick. of LSU. He was going to be my pick for Chicago. If yeah, just a guy that I think got not lost in the shuffle necessarily, but um, could go really anywhere from the end of the first round all the way through the second round. Seattle grabs him here at uh, at 52. Explosive edge player out of LSU. is uh, Never really fully put it together. He was a five-star uh, recruit coming out of high school. Never had just a complete game-breaking season, but shows enough, I think, to to warrant a, a second-round pick. Great pick. I think uh, as we move into Chicago, we've helped them out on the offensive line. We've given them, um, we've we've given them. I'm blanking on who I picked for Chicago with the uh, Paris Johnson is who we yep. got for them, and now they're coming into their second pick after they traded their second-round pick, which ended up being pick 32 uh, for. What receiver did they get from Pittsburgh that just has done nothing for them? Uh, oh, um, uh, gosh, the Notre Dame kid. Chase Claypool? Yeah. Chase Claypool, yep, exactly. So lot, lots of possible needs here. I think we might want to get eventually. Uh, Chicago really needs to think about getting Justin Fields another weapon, either wide receiver or running back. But right now we are going to look at the uh, – we're going to look at the defensive line and the offensive line that's available uh, Jalen Duncan's probably the best tackle available on the offensive side. Don't really feel comfortable picking him right here. Uh, we're going to go Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin on the defensive line. Prospect I really like. Def- uh, Wisconsin just loves to churn out um, elite, productive defensive linemen. And, you know, we'll, we'll take another one. We'll bet on the Wisconsin production. I like that. I like that pick a lot. Um, for the Chargers, we're going to take a corner, which is one of their top needs, and Darius Rush. 
from South Carolina, one of our our teammates over the transfer portal, Liam Blutman. He loves Darius Rush, believes he's actually cornerback one in this uh, in this year's class, thinks he's going to be redrafted much higher than 54 to the Chargers. For the Lions, ah, man, they took Will Anderson. Yeah, they got Will Anderson. Um, I think if they hadn't, this is a place where Felix Nduke Uzama goes, edge rusher out of Kansas State. Um, but they already got edge. Uh, we've addressed tight end. I don't know if this is going to be seen as a reach or not. I mean, according to Dane Brugler's big board, it's kind of right in line with where you might see this guy go. We're going to give them Cedric Tillman, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Um, a guy that has kind of boomer bust potential was supposed to really be the the best wide receiver in Tennessee. And then obviously Jalen Hyatt took over. So I guess we'll see what Tillman can offer. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I think they need some more consistency in that wide receiver core. And, you know, like I said earlier with uh, Jameson Williams coming back, he, you know, who knows what kind of production he's going to get. So Tillman would be a nice supplement for that. For the Jaguars, we gave them an edge prospect in the first round. We're going to go cornerback to continue to keep building up that defense. We're going to go Julius Brintz out of Kansas State uh, in the second round. Yeah, great, great pick. A guy who's very, very tall, very athletic, good ball skills, can get up and deflect passes, um, has good closing speed as well. I think Julius Brintz is a very, very solid cornerback to take here. Uh, Giants are back on the clock. Looking at safety potentially here. You you took Antonio Johnson. I think it's a little early for Jair Brown or Jordan Battle. Uh, wide receiver's been a little cleaned out as well. So you know what? Let's maybe and they just took look. a wide receiver in the first round. In the and spot. they did take yeah, they did take Zay Flowers in in the first round. I'm kind of looking down our board here to see who might be best available. DJ Turner, cornerback out of Michigan, is a guy that hasn't been. Hasn't been touched here, so we'll give him to the Giants and put the Cowboys back on the clock. Cowboys are back on the clock. We got Bijan Robinson in the first round. Defensive line could always use some help. Uh, Tulupi to- I am going to butcher his name, but the kid out of USC. Uh, <laughs> um, could be a great pickup here. I think that might be where I'm leaning. I'm going to take a peek at linebacker because Lord knows that um, – Van Der Esch is probably going to get hurt again this year. Um, sure. Henley out of Washington State uh, could be an interesting pickup. Henry yeah. Toa is also there, but probably a little too early for him. So uh, we're going to take Thule out of uh, USC to kind of keep supplementing that defensive line. For the gonna, Bills, for the Bills, we uh, really just a luxury pick here, huh? Like that, sure. just not a lot of needs. We took care of defensive back in the first round. We could double up on the defensive back, but let's have some fun here. Let's give them Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Let's give them my RB2. Um, the conventional RB3, I feel like, across the board, but my RB2 um, out of UCLA, Zach Charbonnet. Just kind of a do-it-all guy and maybe the missing piece uh, to making that Buffalo Bills offense just more consistent as they go up against those better defenses. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, this is where Felix and Duque Uzama will go at number 60 to the Cincinnati Bengals, continuing to shore up that defensive line. Their their defense has not been amazing. Their offensive line has been terrible, but their defense has been a lot better 
since they've been able to get pressure on the opposing quarterback, shorten their drive length and keep Joe Burrow on the field. I think adding a, a guy like Felix who slid down here to 60 is a, a good pick. Uh, with Chicago coming back up on the clock, we still need to keep protecting uh, Justin Fields. We're going to take John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota as an interior line prospect guy that could probably play center or guard uh, eventually if you worked with them. So get a little flexibility in there and keep protecting Justin Fields. I love it. Uh, center out of Minnesota. I think the Eagles, who are back up on the clock, they've taken offensive line. They've taken Brian Branch uh, as well. Um, this is a tough, oh gosh, a, a tough pick here. We could go, could go cornerback. Um, we could go safety. I'm looking, looking who's just the best available at these different positions. Yeah, you got Julius Brents. I think they would love to have him down at the safety. Is this, is this, it's still probably a little too early for Jair Brown. You know what? No, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go wide receiver for Philly. That's a need. Uh, Cedric Tillman is off the board. I think they go, I'm going to give them Rasheed Rice, wide receiver at SMU here at 62. I think that's a great pick. It's going to be really interesting to see where he falls. Um, and I think someone who is going to get a steal and a really productive player um, whenever he does go off the board. Um, could be late second, could be early third, somewhere in there. Kansas City, um, to kind of close this out. Man, we have just so many options here. I think I'm going to continue to supplement the pass rush. I think Kansas City really believes in you know quarterback and pass rush as the way to win. Obviously, they paid Patrick Mahomes. They've had a great pass rush, but some of those guys are starting to get a little bit older. We're going to go Isaiah Foskey out sure. of Notre Dame to kind of close out the second round and just continue to build that talent from the edge position at Kansas City. And that's where they're going to have to invest, right? They're going to have to find some bargains in wide receiver and edge as they continue to pay up for Patrick Mahomes as they rightfully should partner. That was a marathon. We, we just, we <laughs> just made 63 picks. This is the longest episode we've done in quite a while over an hour 20. Um, but I think it was a lot of fun. I think, uh, you know, having four quarterbacks go in the top four, Hinden Hooker is the only other quarterback that goes in this mock. We had something like 10 edge prospects go uh, a bunch of cornerbacks. I mean, it's just, this is a fun draft. There's not a bunch of elite blue chip talent coming out as far as first round grades but it's a very deep draft where you get to the second third round and you're going oh yeah that guy's on the board give me him um and i, I think that's going to be the story for this draft uh in, in years going by of course it's going to be interesting to see what the redraft of this looks like um you know a year from now and of course it's going to be interesting to see what the actual draft order shakes out to in just 11 days but 63 picks down. I mean, just final thoughts from, from the exercise. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of, you know, rapid fire. Obviously this stretches out over two days, what we just did, but yeah, a lot of fun. I wish we had time to break down all, all 63 of these picks, but it was a lot of fun to get to put pen to paper and just try to fill some needs for these teams. They should hire us. They should give us some, uh, multi-million dollar contracts to just do this full time. That's right. If we, uh, if we crushed it for your team, please let us know. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube comments at 3TechPod. You can find us there on all the resources. If you're just disgusted, if you're like, why on earth did you give my team this pick? Um, please direct those comments to Trey in the comments, of course. Um, but yeah, no, let us know what you thought. Uh, if you would have made a different pick for your team, where 
And uh, we'd love to continue this conversation for you. As Trey said, don't have time in this episode to break it all down, but we'd love to chat with you um, on the social channels as well. You can email the show, 3techpod at gmail.com if you would like to as well. For Trey Reeves, I'm Mitch Mason. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, so long, everybody. Thank you.